What's up, everybody? I'm here. I don't know why I start to show off the same every time. <laughs> I gotta try something different. I'm just gonna say shit, fuck, ass. Get that all out of the way right now. <laughs> uh, I want to point out a couple things. One is, I know I was ruffling the damn papers during this episode. Jordan pointed it out twice. Fair enough. Maybe three times. Um, it wasn't just the ruffling pa of the papers. I moved my mic for comfort's sake. Um, and it just wasn't a good spot. So I'm not going to do that again. But I don't think it's that bad. Um, but I just wanted to nip that in the bud. <laughs> uh, this episode's awesome. But before we get into it... Uh, a couple updates uh, that I'm really hyped on I just want to share with you. Uh, first is we have two new tees on the All I Need uh, online store. And uh, you can check that out at allineedskate.com. And if you cop anything from our store, use the promo code RISE and you'll get 10% off. I thought it would be cool to make like a promo code um, for the people that... Uh, I know out there in Instagram, Facebook, and podcasting world. Um, also, a rad thing about our online store is that all the proceeds, anything we sell, that money goes back into creating authentic, epic skateboarding content like this podcast or the New England Am contest or art for all I need and um, trips for skating and just the stuff we love. So... And I appreciate the support. So I and this show has been amazing to me. It's been a great tool for growth, and it's allowed me to meet so many people. And like I'm an honor that I get to be along on this ride with you guys. Whatever we're creating with this podcast for skateboarding, um, I'm honored to be a part of this with you. So thank you, and uh, I'm gonna keep this going for as long as possible. I really. I found certain things in my life that I enjoy, like skateboarding, and like I never second guess whether I was gonna do it or not do it. It was always you're gonna do this, and uh, podcasting seems like the same thing. It's like I don't know, it's awesome to me. But uh, sorry to ramble. Uh, another thing, New England Am's coming November fifth and sixth. Um, we got some rad stuff planned out. Uh, I've been talking with my homie from ProTech, and we're going to add on a snowman bowl jam this year, which is going to be pretty epic. The Edge Indoor Park, they have this bowl that's shaped like a snowman, and it's pretty gnarly, and I, I skate it. It's really fun, and I've always wanted to like just throw something epic on it, and uh, I was I pitched it to ProTech, my buddy, and he was like, um, he was interested, so I'm hyped to have that. I'll keep you guys updated as it forms. Sorry to ramble. Maybe that's too much info, but I'm excited for this year's New England Am. I, I've been hitting up shops and doing like mini podcasts and talking to the dudes and everyone's down and it's going to be a, a wild experience. It's our third annual as well. Um, also, World Industries. Um, some of you guys know, or most of you guys know, I guess. Um, I skate for World Footwear and I have a shoe coming out in October, which I'm fucking... I don't know how how this is possible, but I'm really excited for the opportunity. The first time was amazing, and then that ended, and now I have another chance to... Well, I've had, I had another chance, and we did. We designed a shoe that I fucking think is awesome. We, we made an awesome skate shoe. Whether it'll sell or do well is not even on my radar, but I just know we had to make an epic shoe because I didn't think this opportunity would come around 
the first time, let alone a second time. And my homie Colin, who designs for World, he's passionate and loves skating like me. And he, every time we would go back and forth, he would just understand the, the severity of making an epic shoe that skates and holds up and looks awesome, you know? like, uh, And he crushed it. So that's coming out in October. And we're also releasing some apparel online with World. We're bringing back Flame Boy. Flame Boy fucking lives. Flame Boy lives! <laughs> Any of you guys out there that that are nostalgic or know about Flame Boy and Wet Willie and the art direction with World and how epic it was and uh, you guys will be excited because there's some, some cool stuff hitting uh, the website soon. And World Industries, I guess, is official sponsor of this podcast because they support me and they're giving me a shoe and they just support the movement. So I appreciate the help from those guys as well. Um, and you can check all this stuff out on Instagram. You could go to at World Industries and they're on all the social media platforms. And same with All I Need at All I Need Skate on all the social media platforms. Um, thank you guys that are continued listeners and thank you to everyone else that's just checking this out. Our guest today is Jordan Richter. Um, Jordan is an awesome human and I'm really psyched that he was able to like have this conversation or that he was willing to sit down and talk to me. It was our first time we met and uh, he's a very open and honest and um, a very uh, interesting person and I really enjoy talking to him. Thanks again. Peace. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Or today. Or today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skaters in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Get on this thing. (laughs) Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, Yeah, that admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. How you, you good? You want to get it rolling? I'm good. Let's get it rolling, man. All right, yeah. perfect. Because it's kind of already rolling, but like I'm going to start right here. So Cool, cool. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to start off with just like, what was it like growing up for you? Like before sponsorship and skateboarding, like just being a little kid, like what, what was it like growing up for you? Hmm. Um, well, I grew up in Miami, Florida. So, um, and I grew up in a, basically my, I was an only child. So my mother and father, um, gave me a lot of attention, um, probably spoiled me uh, quite a bit. 
Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so I was, a, I was a little bit of a spoiled child. Nice. Uh, from what I remember. I'm to, not mad at that. Yeah, to, to, you know, to probably my detriment, but, but there was uh, some benefits to being an only child. Um, but as far as uh, just growing up, I think I remember for me, I had like kind of two parts to my life, which was like the Miami, Florida life and then my Cali you know, when I moved to California life. So I had like kind of a different personality or different, uh, I don't say personality, but the way I grew up in Miami was I played tennis, you know, went to, went to a lot of like family functions and it was more family oriented because I had my stepbrother and stepsister and there was just, um, uh, I went on boat rides every weekend with, with, with grandpa. So it was very like kind of a structured kind of consistent theme to my life in Miami. And then, um, around 10 years old, my, my dad, uh, my, my mom and my dad kind of temporarily like separated for a little bit. My mom and my grandmother moved out to California, to San Diego. And so, but I, I remember, uh, I mean, if I could sum it up in a, in a, in a few short words, um, like, like every child, I think like many children, um, there's a lot of, you know, there was some challenges, I think, that, yeah. that um, from my own, you know, I, I grew up in a dysfunctional family, but... <laughs> Welcome to the club, I'm with you. <laughs> but as I grow older, I'm learning that there's many others, skateboarders, uh, who kind of uh, experience the same thing, so... Yeah. But there was, there was good, there was re- definitely redeeming qualities about my parents. They just, um, you know, they, uh, they had their challenges, so... Yeah, I can relate totally. Um, same thing, like I have a broken family and, uh, but same thing, as you get older, you start to realize like, I don't know, I always trip out. There was like a point in my life, Jordan, where I realized that like no one's really an adult. Like you're like, holy shit, who's the adults? I thought the people I thought were adults, they're not the adults. Like who the fuck are? And then it's like, <laughs> I always just trip out on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it's crazy, man. I mean. Were you good at tennis? I'm sorry to cut you off, but I yeah, no, I, I was I was good at tennis. I had uh, I was actually a, I was a really good tennis player. Sick. But I was like, actually, um, I could have probably ex- like if that was my if I would have stayed with it, I probably would have wound up doing pretty well. You can but, like play um, a whole game of tennis, like you know all the points and the rules and stuff. Do you do you understand? Well, I know. Yeah, I understand tennis really well, but I, I don't play anymore. I, I suck now, but, huh. <laughs> but but I used to, you know, I used to play, um, you know, as a, I mean, played every day. Like, like I played tennis like I skate, like, you know, like I skateboard. So, oh, that's sick. You know, kind of full on. Yeah, me, all. me and my lady play, like, uh, when we get a volley that goes back and forth for a while, I'm hyped. That's like what I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah, get that's it, like, fun. Six times across. <laughs> yeah. I know there's like a sometimes you start to giggle after like six or seven volleys. You're like, man, this I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> do you gotta do you gotta do you gotta serve? You can spike the ball and stuff. Yeah, I can do the proper the proper form of a serve and nice volleys and you know the proper tennis. But I I mean I I was um I I went to I, I didn't go to a full board tennis camp, but I took like tennis lessons and. You know, I was, I, I did enter tournaments and did okay. 
Were your parents just like, he's an only child, we gotta put him into tennis? And you're like, alright, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, my brother, my brother, my stepbrother was all into tennis, so. Sick. I kind of wanted to, I looked up to him, and uh, kind of wanted to emulate him a little bit, so. Was he was, nice? He had skills too? He was, he was okay. He <laughs> was, you know, he was good, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I was probably like right at his level, you know, maybe he was a little bit, he was maybe a little bit, uh, he was a little bit better than me. But that's all right. He be, he beat you before. It's fine. You'll say it. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. He he's he's a little overweight now, so I don't know how much. T- he should be playing tennis. Keep himself in shape. Hell yeah! Practice those backhands. <laughs> I love it, dude. I I fuck around, but it's fun as hell. How do you yeah. get tennis to skateboarding? Did you Whoa. do both at the same time? Like you were skating and you had a tennis racket on your back, like a Ninja Turtle? That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, no, right. I just put trucks and wheels on the on the tennis racket. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, it was like the preppy version of Thrasher magazine. Sick. Yeah. I wanted to. It's like the skateboard mag version. Yeah, know. hell yeah. <laughs> Instead of a machine gun, it was a tennis racket. <laughs> but it was cool. no, but- ripping it. Yeah, no, I think it's when I moved from from Florida to California. Oh, okay. Is really when that happened. I um. You said San Diego. Yeah, Sick. San Diego, beautiful. Southern California. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, yeah. fucking beautiful. Yeah, I moved right to La Jolla, so I moved right into um, twenty minutes away from Del Mar Skate Ranch. So I grew up skating Del Mar with wow. with all with with everyone. Sick. But I th- but before that, uh, we had a tennis. Ironically, we had a tennis court in the, the place I moved to from uh, from Florida to San Diego. That very place, we had a tennis court there. And I would go out and I'd play every now and then. And um, But, you know, you have to have someone to play with, which is very frustrating. Yeah. You know, if you're a new kid to a new town, you're completely out of sync. You know, back home, I had my tennis partners and I had, you know, you needed your, like, you needed to kind of find people to play with uh, if you wanted to continue to play tennis. Um, so when I was walking home one day from school, I, you know, I saw some some guys that were skateboarding, and and that looked really interesting to me. And um, and that was kind of all she wrote from there. Who, who so, do you remember the dudes? Are you friends with them still? I remember the guy. Uh, I remember one of them really, really. Uh, really well and he was the guy who kind of took me under took me in and peter hewitt knows him also because me and Sick. peter we we connected shortly after that me and peter connected you know we, we met in the canyon we met in the canyon ramp i lived on one side of the canyon and peter lived on the other side of the canyon i lived on the north side he lived on the south side Sick. and there was a there was a ramp right in the middle of the canyon where um where we basically met i met peter's brother paul and then um Peter, Paul, and Mary. It's Whoa, a, genius! It's, 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 it's a band. I was like, I was make fun of him about that. Perfect. But um, the guy's name was the guy who kind of like got me into skating. His name was George Medlock. Sick. And um, I don't. I I try to reach out to him on Facebook, um, but he doesn't respond to any of my. I don't know. It's kind of like I think I don't know if he went like what happened to him somewhere down the line, but. Um, yeah, what would you have said? Just like, dude, you got me into something I love forever. Yeah, much. I just wanted to like thank him. You know, I just wanted to like say some just some pretty like just whatever nice 
pleasantries, you know, like, hey, thanks, man, and appreciate, yeah. you know. But he never, he never responded. But I'd still, you know, hope one day I'll be able to thank him. Yeah, that's sick. My buddy Dale's the one who got me into skating, and I talk to him still, and, like, he doesn't skate as much now. He's full-on chef and, like, about to open his own restaurant. And uh, But we still, like, I tell him all the time. I'm like, thank you. Thank uh, you. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> what, do you got, what do you got there to drink? This is a coffee that I made myself, and I'm – what about you? What are you, what are same, you thinking Same, same. But how do you like nice. your coffee? I'll go second. I, I like a light roast. Uh, I I – Put a uh, I grind my beans and nice. then I put a kind of a makeshift filter, you know, put the grain the grinds in there, and then I just pour hot water over it. So I do kind of like a a, a drip, slow drip, Ooh, pour over. Damn, it's not probably and, so good. Yeah, and then just add some milk to it. So this one is a Costa Rican um, or Ethiopian, I think, or Costa Rican, one of the two. Nice. I like that you yeah. have a ritual about it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll try I, to have my my way. I like, I like mine black, just black, just no, nice. Yeah, just black. Like I have a wow. uh, a Keurig, and uh, I we we buy the coffee grinds from Hannaford's, the grocery store, and then I just okay. have this little, like plastic thing. I fill it up, and then I make just black coffee. Okay, cool. It's cool. weird at first getting used to the like bitterness, but now I'm just like it's a drug. I take caffeine <laughs> straight. <laughs> nice <laughs> good thing i really like caffeine i try not to abuse it if i have like too many uh, in one day it's like i get a headache how many do yeah. you drink? uh you know i i've been trying to quit coffee because that's like one thing that it, it like hurts my joints so i try not to drink more than two a day nice like in the morning and afternoon but honestly lately i think i've been up to like <laughs> three three or four so um long days <laughs> it just varies man i just it's it is for me i'm not gonna lie i think it is like a little bit of a of a addiction you know i don't i don't do anything else so that's kind of my go-to for getting my my uh my high on i guess so yeah I, you know i don't i don't smoke or drink or anything like that so coffee for me is i guess my uh that's my way problem. of of yeah, my my vent or my vice, but that's all right. I mean, moderation in all things, you know. Um, definitely, definitely. I have a few vices I like to drink, but not as much as I used to. It's like been less, and then I smoke weed and I have a certificate. People listening, they already know. My listeners know. I talk about that, um, but for anyone who wants to get crazy, and then um, coffee, one a day. Sugar's probably my tough one, dude. I like sweets. Yeah. Sugars yeah. is like that's what pisses me off about all this drug talk is people that like tell me I can't smoke weed or that you shouldn't smoke weed and then they're eating so much sugar and I'm like thinking mm. about the impact sugar had on culture and like how America was like the most obese like I'm like and you're telling us we can't do this I'm like let's just pretend like it's let's not pretend like it's they're all drugs cross the board let's be honest totally totally <laughs> I agree I have a friend of mine who actually she's um. She's uh, she has she had pancreatic cancer. It's a friend's friend of mine's wife, and uh, she's got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is like the worst kind of cancer you can have. Gnarly. So my father father passed away from, and and uh, she's she's been um, on a you know uh, treatment to like um, uh, herbal like medic medicate. She's been medicating through THC. Yeah. Um, and she's been just it's been working wonders for her. So. That's awesome. Yeah, That's fucking so, awesome. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's, a, there's definitely, you know, everyone has their, you know, the things that work for them. And I mean, for her, that's obviously the extreme example, but, yeah. um, I grew up in a family that, you know, smoked a lot of weed and, um, my grandmother smoked weed until she passed away. So, um, how old did she pass away? How old was she? She was she? 80, 83. Hell of a run. That's a long run. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. She was an interesting woman, very, very interesting. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So, so yeah, but, but you know, I um, I don't have. I think out of everything, weed to me is 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 the most least problematic. You know, if I was gonna like say anything is problematic or or not to be judgmental, but I think that weed is not um that. Yeah. I think there's bigger issues. You know, kids that are popping e and shooting heroin and. Yeah, sorting coke and speed and, and crystal and all these other things. Well, just the um, drug, just the drugs that are legal are pretty dangerous, like tobacco, like nicotine and uh, and alcohol. Like it's completely legal, and those kill so many people every year. You know, the little ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll buy you a toy later. That's my son. He's <laughs> he's doing the chores chores uh, downstairs. So nice, good man, good man. We'll get a toy after. You gotta plug that in now. Okay, don't don't open the door anymore because we're we're in an interview. Interview. Can you? Sh- yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah, the drugs sorry, thing. Sorry. The drug thing's crazy to me, but um. I agree. I I don't know where we we're going with that, but I agree. And that's awesome <laughs> that the marijuana helps yeah. with uh, her pancreatic cancer. Like my dog right now is going through. She has like tumors on her side and stuff, and like oh, it's brutal, dude. It's it's like I didn't expect it to be as rough it is as it is. And we like. I don't want to say we rescued her, but we got her at the like we had. I don't know what you call it. You go to like the place in the, the town. pound. Yeah, and you just pick up the dog and take on whatever yeah, comes, you know. Shelter. Mm-hmm. It was funny because we went to that place and we were like, I don't, we don't want a dog that sheds. We don't want a dog that sheds. And then Amber came out and she's a beagle and she just like started loving us and I was like, this is the one. And I didn't even think about mm. the shedding anymore. <laughs> mm. but, but now she's like battling it right now. And we got her some marijuana stuff and we're hoping it makes like an impact. It's like a little marijuana thing that I can give her mm. with her snack and uh Hopefully, hopefully it helps, dude. It's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some benefits to, you know, some benefits to some of those things that, obviously, for health and for therapy, therapeutic purposes. um, Yeah, people who have clearly seen, you know, benefit from it, so it's undeniable. Yeah, and the, and nowadays it's like we have the internet and we have all these stories and facts and numbers and statistics and stuff, and it's like the stuff that's legal and danger or and they, that they say we can have, and then the stuff we can't have, and it's like if you just look at the math, the math adds up. I'm pretty sure we can figure out what's hurting people and what's not. You know, like yeah. I don't know, it, it's just so ridiculous to me. It's almost like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't believe it's 2016. I'm glad people are talking though. <laughs> Yeah, this is world world we're in right now is pretty. It's pretty. Uh, we're in a pretty unique time. We're in a very serious time, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think that that's felt. I think people are starting to feel that we're in a serious time. Um, mm. and kind of the the writing is on the wall around us that so we can see that there's some big changes going on. Yeah. I believe, for sure the internet's pretty gnarly like that alone has given us a mirror to like kind of reflect on things and see like some of what's under the rug you know what I mean 
Yeah. People are really surprised with what's out there. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overnight, you know, you see, like, everyone chasing Pokemon everywhere. <laughs> just, like, out of nowhere. You know, I know. Just, like, everyone's being, like, you know, driven to some, you know, augmented reality to find a pocket monster. Was what That's what's a poke, that's what Pokemon is. It's yeah. a pocket monster. I like that's it. The, that's... That's a definition of it. I guess. <laughs> pocket <I guess>. monster. <laughs> sounds kind that's of. What poke, that's what Pokemon means. Pocket a, monster. It sounds kind of gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I do like, I do like art and like creation and like drawings and stuff like that. Like, and in culture, it's not like culture is a collection of things, I guess. Like, but it's, I don't know. When I seen all the Pokemon people out, I was just like, hey, we've been out here. Because they were looking at me like a skate skateboarding Pokemon. Because, like, they were, like, hanging out in the streets. And I'm like, I've been out here skateboarding <laughs> for, like, 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> was, where like, were you? people to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I was in the city center. I was in New Bedford. And uh, it was pretty sick. I was surprised. Yeah. They got them outside. But then it only lasted for, like, a week. And now I don't see no Pokemon people. Just skateboarders again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Are your kids into any cartoons? My son is all he they the little one. We we um we kind of kind of control some of the stuff that well lots of the stuff that I that he watches. I try to be pretty cautious about that. Like, but um, That's the good. stuff that he the stuff that he he likes that we that he's into is like um, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. It's just like it's his name is Caillou. It's like a like nice. uber like super like a, it's like a, a a cartoon where they teach like the kids like manners and nice. You know, there's always like a a lesson to be taught. There's about about lying or about goodwill to your parents, like not to lie or being good to your parents and treating awesome. people nicely. So there's always some kind of lesson in each episode, which is pretty cool. And then the little little one it likes Peppa Pig, which is like this this little you know pig pig thing, and he walks around in the house and you know, makes pig noises. And Sick. He's, he's totally immersed in the character. Oh, I love I love cartoons and art like that too, man. Like I obsess yeah. over it. Like I watch hours. I went back and watched like all the Hey Arnold's, and I listened to a podcast about animation and like. <laughs> it starts with that obsession though like just walking around the house I imagine snorting like a pig <laughs> yeah yeah my I, I I love seeing things come out that are I mean I, I think that when you can create art that has a message in it that's you know kind of cherry the cherry on the top is the is the message you know Art can be beautiful and, and appreciated, definitely, like, love to look at beautiful art. And then when you put it into, like, a cartoon and there's some kind of, like, lesson or message there for, for the child to, to take from it, I think that's that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Because kids really grab onto characters, you know. And, and kids, when you, kids want to grow as much as we do. They just need people you know. to give them information, like, in a tactful way, which is, I'm impressed. As oh. a, like, I'm not a father, but, like, you're very, t I like that you're tactful about what your kids consume and, and you're thoughtful. I try to be. I try to be. I mean, I, I see, like, I see the way that the world is around me and I see what I went through and I see what's, like, if I could, like, take some of the thoughts that are in my mind and 
I would pay, you know, a million dollars if I could have them removed. Some yeah. of like the, the, the bad thoughts and that came from when I was a child, you know, from the things I saw, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to, we grew up in a culture of like pornography. We grew up in a culture of promiscuality and people can fucking deny that all they want. But, you know, there's like a serious like moral, you know, deficiency in our culture. And we get a lot of that from TV. We get a lot of that from, from, as a, you know, from a young age, you know, kids are learning about like war, yeah. you know, through like, you know, through cartoons and through video games where the freaking whole theme is going and killing the other person or the other, you know, you want to yeah. be, you know, uh, you know, as like, I watch these little cartoons, like, or not cartoons, but they're like, commercials of like a new app like mobile strike with like arnold schwarzenegger or something like on youtube <laughs> and it's like and it's like or or some other one and it's like you know you, you want to take over the world it requires strategy it requires focus <laughs> you and your army you can do it but it's going to require the right men and the right plan wow. it's like, what are you doing and it's like a little kid who's watching it it's like Gets in his mind. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over the world. That just requires the right men and the right plan. I'm gonna get the app, and I'm gonna get this, and I'm gonna first thing money I, so I can get some. Yeah. First thing I would have thought was that was the worst Arnold impression I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like God. Yeah, but well, no, that wasn't Arnold. Yeah. No, that wasn't my Arnold impression. I'm okay. terrible at Arnold's. Okay, yeah. okay. No, I, I agree with that much. Like as a little kid, like um. You don't even understand the gravity of the weight of those words, you know, and as an adult saying those words and like, it's kind of, yeah. people are jaded to the, to language, I think, and words for sure. Some people or a portion. Yeah. I don't know how bad, all this bad shit could happen in like, um, it could just go over, you know, passively, you know, like with the internet, at least it exposes the ugly parts that we can fix ourselves. Like if there's ugly shit in us or just in there, you know, like we see stuff around us and like behavior patterns and things like that. And you can just kind of self-reflect now. They're like little mirrors in our fucking pockets, right? Tricks yeah. out. It gave us a different perspective because now we can see it from a, a different perspective, which is crazy. What always, trips, yeah. me, what always yeah. trips me out is when I think about the dude that went to space and he took that photo of the earth looking back. I think it's called the pale blue dot. But that was the first time anyone's ever like shot that photo of the Earth from like out. Like that trips me out. <laughs> the perspective of that is like yeah, yeah. Wait, let me, I got a question. What what makes you um, self reflective and like? I know you. I know that you're. Are you religious? Muslim? Uh, I've been Muslim since nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. What drew you to that? Uh, well, I don't, I, don't know, I don't consider myself a religious person. Um, I, I consider myself, uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, So what drew me to that was I think I was at a time in my life where I was tired of destroying myself over and over again, kind of doing the same old, same old things, you know, um, just kind of, um, self-destructing and, 
living a life that was kind of like no better than an animal really i was i was i was eating whatever i wanted to eat i was going wherever i wanted to go i was doing whatever i wanted to do i had no kind of moral compass i had no uh real um control over myself and uh i just started to become interested in in personal development you know this is way before well, this is before i became a muslim yes so there was it came in stages you know and first it was like personal development I mean I would listen to like um a lot of reggae that had like conscious conscious messages in it nice. about God and about you know a lot of biblical messages you know from the bible um uh, just about proverbs and just those like those those uh god conscious messages that I started to really grab onto early on um this is probably about a year and a year or so prior. Um, but to give you the short of it, um, uh, I heard a lot of like mention about Islam and Allah in like a lot of hip hop music. Um, so I hear like Eric B, Eric B and Rakim talk about Islam and Allah or Gangstar. Um, Gangstar so good. You know, Eric, um, they all are. Both of those are awesome. You know, Public Enemy, um, Poor Righteous Teachers. Nice. Uh, KRS One. Yes. Tribe called, you know, Tribe Called Quest. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad was a part of the Tribe Called Quest. A lot of people don't know that. You know, Rakim was a, you know, he was Muslim. Ali Shaheed Muhammad, part of the Tribe Called Quest. Q-Tips a Muslim. Sick. A lot of people don't know that. Um, uh, Rakim was like a five percent Muslim, but he was, he still was respectful when it came to, you know, Muslims and Islam. He actually just did a show uh, a couple of days ago with Brother Ali in uh, Chicago. So good. I love Brother Ali too. His music's amazing. Yeah. And so this is like this is like early 90s. So for me, um, so to answer your question, I just started to kind of go on a quest of like self-reflection and I wanted to change my life. And I remember like being in a hotel room in Germany, this is when I was like, I went completely crazy and lost it. And um, I lost it a few times. But that uh, that experience in, in Germany and coming back home, I just like, you know, I got to really get my life together. And mm -hmm. if it means that I have to give up, I didn't conscientiously make a decision to leave skateboarding or anything. I just, I got really sick, um, physically sick from like drug use and and just a poor lifestyle, which made it so I couldn't really involve myself in skateboarding anymore for a while. Yeah. So I just started to like, I kind of shut myself off and did a lot of studying and reading and reflecting. And I saw the movie Malcolm X. Um, and so when I saw the movie Malcolm X, that kind of set me off on the whole like, that I knew and I felt in my heart that whatever changed Malcolm's life, and made him a better person. I felt that that could that whatever made him from a criminal to a highly dignified man of integrity. Yeah. I wanted that in my life. I wanted discipline. I wanted to be able to control myself, you know, and say no to certain things. When I wanted to be able to assert my own identity, I wanted to basically be a real man. Yeah. And I didn't really feel like the people around me were being that manly. And I didn't like that. 
uh, my my inside I didn't feel good about that. So I watched movie the movie Malcolm X, and then I went out and like kind of got into like read a lot more about. But that was still not Islam. That was kind of like the Nation of Islam, which is it's kind of a different. It's it is it is a different. It's not the real Islam. It's it's like a subset. A, a black. No, it's a black nationalist movement. It's not anything to really do with Islam itself. It's not even a subsect. Oh, okay. It's just basically um, black nationalism. But it served a lot of uh, benefit to Africans African Americans in the time when it when it emerged. Nice. But it was just as a white guy, you know, I found it because I was into hip hop and I was into I was in trying to reinvent myself. In in short, I didn't really like who I was and as a person. And I found that some of the things that I attracted me about uh, Malcolm, um, you know, got me to the doorway. And then later on, I would, I would wind up finding, meeting some two brothers from Germany um, who were Muslim named Abdul and Nordin, who were gnarly skateboarders, like Sick. super gnarly. <laughs> um, that makes you know. me stuck. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't like devout you know, Muslims, but they were, they were like amazing. I, I remember like I was hanging out with like Mike Crum at his house and Sick. we had these, we had these girls come over and, and I was talking, I was still talking with Nordine and Abdul on the phone because they were like kind of guiding me with like things that were like, like good, like immoral, like things. They would like tell me what's right and what's wrong. And so I kind of went to them for like just things that were, they were kind of like my mentors. This is way before I became a Muslim. So they would tell me, you know, I would be like, yeah, I saw this girl. She's so fine and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, uh, how do you know she's a good person? You know, is she, you know, is she good? Is she a good person? Is she, you know, is she gonna, um, you know, they would just like kind of make me think like, why do you like her? You know, are you like her just because she's hot or do you are like you, her because? Yeah. Are you disgustful you know, or is, are, are you, you? Yeah. Intense? Yeah. So they just, exactly. Yeah. So it was just, it was interesting. They made me see a different perspective. And that, um, they kind of played their role as far as keeping me in line with that way of thinking. And then later on, after that, I would meet I would meet some uh, hip hop artists, some rappers who were Muslim as well. Right. And uh, and then they would give and they would they uh, explain to me what Islam was. Yeah, I'm so, not, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want no, I just want to add a little. I'm not religious at, at all. But I do like uh, Christianity. Christianity has helped me in my life, and like a lot of like um, religions, like same thing. Like as I studied and I listened a lot from hip hop too. Like um, I just took bits and pieces of religions. You know, like there's like yeah. there's when I, I feel like whenever I tell someone I'm not religion, I have to explain that I'm not against religion either. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, no. When I told you that I'm not religious, I really meant that. Means that. Um, there's a difference between being religious and being righteous. Yeah. Okay. So, I okay. try to I try to be a righteous person. Nice. Oh, religious. The the concept of religious or religiosity, um, in, in the in in our culture and we, in the West, is it's kind of got like a very um, bad rap as far as what we picture in our mind is far as like that person's a religious person what do you picture the picture like a guy like in some like priestly garb who's like sitting in a dark room completely locked away from the real world and he's being quote-unquote religious but 
I don't think that that's a very fair assessment of what truly like righteousness is or God fearingness. You should be able to be uh, able to do the right thing under all circumstances in normal life, yeah. in in the workplace with your family. You know, you should bring your beliefs, um, your spirituality or your righteousness everywhere you go, and that's. You know, it should become a practical part of your life, not just something that takes place inside a church yeah, or like inside a just, mosque. Not just a ritual, but you should be one with yeah. it, kind of. It yeah. should be your life. It should be your lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> like skateboarding. <Sure>. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think, uh, and, and skateboarders, whether they admit it or not, are probably more, uh, you know, if you want to use the word religious, as being something that's done, mm -hmm. like, you know, every day, you know, as a ritual. You know, skateboarders are very ritualistic in that regard, you know. And they defend that, art. They defend it. They get mad. Everyone has a different interpretation of what skating is, and they all sure. fight. They all argue. Sure. <laughs> and, and then, then you have the... <laughs> yeah, and then you have the priestly class, you know, among skateboarders. <laughs> the, the elite nice. who, who try to... Uh, the elitist skateboarder who's like the priestly class who tries to write the laws um, for everyone else. You know, and they just they get amongst themselves, like you know, and they create these laws and boundaries for everyone else. They say that this is cool. Yeah. That's all. No complies are out now, bro. <laughs> no complies are out now. Why? Because freaking, you know, that guy says. So. I say the opposite. I I like whacking the bee nest and watching all the craziness go down. Like, just that's what should skating should do. It should just branch off into a million different styles and a million different expressions and like to spread instead of trying to box yeah. it. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah, skateboarding is is uh you know Gans Gans is um I think a great you know manifestation of what skateboarding is, you know, in so many ways. So yeah. If you want to see what skateboarding is, you kind of look at Mark and he kind of I think he epitomizes the real true spirit of skateboarding. Well, that's a perfect segue to talk about blind and how that came to be and all that. Uh, well, blind, huh, blind was a weird thing, you know, um, blind was, uh, you know, I was, I was skateboarding as a, I was an amateur vert skater at the time nice. and I was, I was winning a lot of contests and I was, hell yeah, I was one of the, you know, and I don't say that to, to impress anyone, I'm just I know. kind of to, <laughs> to, into in kind of paint a picture of what, how it went down. That's I've only won so, one. I've only won one contest, so I genuinely am hyped for you. <laughs> it cool, felt cool. Super yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's always nice to win something, I guess. But I say that because that was like kind of the value. Um, besides being like a vert skater, you know, there was, um, I guess, the value of what uh, I was. I was living with Danny Way at the time. Not really. And Danny, Danny was in the process of re of negotiating a deal with Plan B, because that was kind of um, the whole Eighth Street. Um, morphed into Plan B, and um, Plan B would would wind up partnering with Rocco, anyways. So it was kind of like this um, trade off, so to say, where it wasn't really a trade off. It was like I know Danny kind of suggested it either to Rocco or to Mark that you know maybe should have Jordan on the team. Nice, and Good I was recommendation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a pretty. I mean, I'm I'm honored to be a part of it, but I think um, 
you know, it was one of those things where uh, Danny, you know, Danny basically hooked it up, you know, put in a good word for me. Um, but I also think that it was, you know, kind of like the way that he needed to justify his moving out from, from blind onto plan B was, was to feel that he did them good by, by recommending me as a, as a, a fill in or stand in nice. <laughs> pro rider. So we'll take so it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and then, you know, Rocco accepted me on and, and, or Mark, Mark was really, Mark was always good to me. You know, he was, he was always nice and, and, uh, very supportive. Uh, Guy and Rudy weren't, well, Guy, Rudy, Rudy was cool too. Guy, I think was the only one who really didn't, never, never really was too hyped on my what coming on to blunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guy's, Guy, Guy has his own, his own reasons why, but. I was probably a um, lifetime ago too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago, so. Whatever we were, we were kids, so it's understandable. I've been in those shoes before. One hundred percent, I've been in those shoes. Not proud of it. <laughs> that was one. Of, that was one of those things. I mean, I was hyped to be a part of it. You know, I, uh, yeah. I was, I was. Uh, You're part had... of one of the biggest gnarliest things in skateboarding. It's like, <laughs> um, it's talking about religion. It's like a Bible, right? <laughs> blind, blind, the blind video days video is definitely iconic. Yeah. That's, the whole team. Everyone I, I mean, look up to loves that video. Moreover than the the video and the and being a part of the team, you know, the time I spent with, with Jason and Mark and what it gave to my like skill set as a skateboarder. Like I I think like I could you know, it it really like kind of it made me kind of change the way I looked at skateboarding and the way I approached it, like in a completely different way. Because I was a vert skater who grew up skating pools. And vert ramps, and when I got on blind, I had to like, as vert skating kind of died, coming into the early '90s. You know, vert skating was just like, you had to be able to, somewhat make a change, changeover. Yeah. You know, transition. And, um, like so, I, yeah. So I, in like about a year, I was able to like about a year or two, I was able to completely reinvent myself as a street skater. Nice. And then I rode for blind, kind of as like a, I was still a vert skater, but I was. I had street skills, so there was there was only Colin McKay, Danny, and Alfonso Rawls, and myself. Gnarly. I think at the time that were really only they were doing that. Maybe Steve Barra as well. Damn, that's a doing. good lineup. Heavy. Yeah, there was a few people, but but those were really the only guys who were really like being able to to really make the make the transition. What's your favorite like, vert? What's your favorite vert trick? <sighs> I mean, you're I don't the spot, bro. <laughs> Backside ollies. Backside oh, that was a good answer. You passed. And... <laughs> I like backside lip slides, backside ollies, or you know, I mean, always a good frontside grind or a Smith grind is fun. You know, I, I don't, I don't just to keep it simple. Gay twists are fun, but backside ollies are. Wait, are what's fun. a gay twist? It's like a come up fakey, and you do like a a, a caballerial, and then you grab mute. Oh, not really. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot. No, it's, it seems more. It seems more than it is. It's pretty. It's definitely standard for for most word skaters for sure. Nice. I, I to be honest, I can drop in. Uh, I think I've rocked a fakie. I've done some backside fifty fifty stalls. I might have grind grinded on vert, maybe. But I can skate transition. But anything that like gets close to vert, I get really nervous on. 
<laughs> but it's the best feeling. Transition skating is the best. Like I'll I'll skate a mini ramp for fucking four hours and pass out. <laughs> <laughs> cool that's, man that's awesome yeah no, tran- trannies, transition's fun for sure that's crazy that's crazy so well, how'd the video part come to be like how were you consciously filming for a video part no no <laughs> we filmed probably like four or five times for that part <laughs> yeah that, that was it you went out four times we went out probably like I mean, my video part for for blind Honestly, I probably filmed the stuff at McGill's on the vert ramp. That was one day, maybe, maybe one, one or two days in the vert and street that took place in San Diego and then Hosoi's ramp, which was one day. So I would say probably four, four days, uh, not including like a couple clips that were filmed during a contest, you know, but pretty much, you know, back then it was like. I think for vert skaters, that was kind of like how it went down. Like, unless you were like Danny and Danny and Colin and Alf, they definitely like Mike Trinansky understood that you need to like take time with vert skaters and film them. And I think a lot of, I know even like Tom Boyle's part for, for world industries. Yeah. Didn't film it that much. I, I guess it varies. I mean, there was probably dudes that definitely like stacked footage over long periods of time. Yeah. For for me, uh, we just yeah, just <laughs> did a few days, man. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> I've been filming for two years for my for my next part. I wish I could just go out in two days and chill. Yeah. <laughs> go have fun, skate, get some tricks, call it a day. I guess that's like when you first film your like the, my first video parts were kind of like that because I just was like I can do all these one eighties and fakies and like everything was a trick. I was like let's just film it all. So my first video parts were like it was like probably two days of just hype. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you do yeah, you do, do you still skate vert nowadays? I do, I do. I've been I've been taking it easy lately because of my camps and everything. But definitely, uh, definitely, definitely skate. I skate more more of the bowls now. The skate nice. pools mostly. Yes. But um, there's a vert ramp near us. I I just been lazy, but uh, <laughs> mostly mostly just riding. Um, we do have like a good proper size uh, bowl at our local park that I ride, and that's. I skate a couple of days a week, um, you know, when uh, when I can. Well, this is probably a good segue into talking about um, your the skateboard academy. Is that what you're doing right now? Like you teach camps because you referenced referenced it a few times. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we we do skateboard lessons in camps, but it's not just me. We have about currently we have about a dozen instructors in, in in the area. So. So, um, we, we have three cities, um, there's Fremont, which is our flagship park. And we have Alameda skate park and Walnut Creek. Nice. It's basically, uh, I'm a contractor or a vendor for the park and rec communities there. So they, they hire me and my, and my service to provide, um, programming for the skate park. Sick. Well, so that's we really do, cool. Yeah. So we do like. Just like any kind of park, you know, for um, they'll send these pamphlets out to parents, um, where parents will get like a in the mail they'll get a, a brochure of all the programs for kids in the, at their local park and rec community center. Um, so they'll you know, tennis, soccer, basketball, and you, you said know, tennis, you said tennis, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and skateboarding. That's awesome. And you know, so skateboarding is like a, you know, there's whatever, roughly four thousand parks now. 
And wow. so many of these many, many of these community centers, there's a skateboard program that the you know parents can enroll their kids in for for a week. Well, so minors cool. mine's mine's that program. That's so cool, dude. That's sick. Yeah. That's like when I was a little kid. I was like, damn. I, instead of being in like some class I'm not into, it's like I wish I could just be like skateboarding or something like yeah activity you know like that's sick yeah and and our camp i mean we do like a lot of other stuff too i mean we do like i mean the monday starts off with you know we'll skate and introductory to like the basics so we definitely find out like who's the beginners who's intermediate advanced we attach them to an instructor nice and they work on you know understanding like how to stand on the board the proper way how to push the proper way how to navigate the park um, they learned about safety etiquette, skate park etiquette. They learned about how to fall. They learned about this components and the anatomy of a skateboard. And then they're able to, we take them out into other parts of the park. They'll go fishing. They'll go water um, what? to the water park. We do paddle boating. What? We have water balloon, water balloon fights and pizza parties. And yeah, so we, we, we have like a full, like, um, all, like full camp experience, which is pretty cool. That's really epic. I want to take your class. I want to <laughs> be a camper. We'll see if we can get you in there. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I teach skateboard <laughs> lessons on the weekend. Like, I do one-on-one, though, just because um, it's easier for me to, like, especially if it's someone really little and uh, yeah. they're nervous. Like, one-on-one's best because I can show them, like, how to find their center of balance, like, standing still and, like, step on the board and, like, um, yeah. So I still do that. I do that um, on the weekends. Like people are just awesome. eat. like I put flyers out at the local park, and they're awesome about it. And then I just do it at the skate park, the edge. Which I awesome. Really, I really enjoy it because um, I'm like relearning all the tricks because I have to show them like from the very beginning. So I feel like I'm constantly practicing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm very yeah. sharp, like because I'm practicing the subtleties. You know. Do you have that feeling too? Definitely. I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, just like even when, cause many people can skate, skate really well, but they can't explain the way tricks, you know, go down. Yeah. Um, so they can't like really articulate the way a trick works. So when you're, when you get in the habit of articulating something to someone else or IE teaching them or instructing them, then, you know, when you do it off on your own, or even when you're in the moment of teaching, you start to like see those little subtleties of like when I, you know, for example, when someone does like a backside kick turn on a bank, I'll tell the kids to imagine that your chest, imagine that there's a semicircle or a half circle that's going off from the middle of your nose all the way to your tail. Nice. And so you, so you kind of hunch over and keep your chest inside that semicircle. Yeah, that makes and, perfect sense. And then, and kind of your arms like kind of hold, you know, out um surrounding the semicircle so so you yourself become like a half circle when you're doing the, the turn yeah, like a sphere and you kind of take the turn. yeah I can so see there's it. that so there's that symmetry there you know and then the kids like they get it and you so yeah i mean that's probably a more like um esoteric example but then there's like practical stuff where you figure out ways to like we created this thing called the eight steps of stance see. which is like a formula because we had so many kids we've had about 1200 kids go through our program Whoa, sick. yeah and 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 like a lot of those kids like pushed mongo in the beginning you know <laughs> so we had to like reteach them 
Yeah, it's good to have options. You can push both ways, but have options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll let them teach. Yeah, we definitely won't pressure them, (laughs) force them into pushing. You know, but we 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 try to uh, we try to encourage them to push. You know, a a way that's a little bit more stylish. Of course, because like if you don't if you don't have to swing your hips and get your balance, then if you just start off with your front foot balanced and you push off of that, you're already in your center. Whereas you have to swing your hips; it takes up time and you're swinging your weight around, like... Totally. More practical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially so street, we, street skating, too, because a lot of times there's short run-up and stuff like that, and it's like, you can just start with a push, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah, I like pushing regular. But I tried pushing Mongo, because um, the dude that I learned from, the guy that I thank, still on the phone, and like, once a month, he, he pushed Mongo, and I tried to copy him, because he could push really fast, and I was a newbie, and I was like, it must be because he's pushing like that. Like, I didn't even know what Mongo was. So I used to practice Mongo, trying to push like him, and I couldn't do it, so I just pushed regular. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's cool, man. Randy, Randy Colvin had a good Mongo push. I don't know if you know who Randy Colvin is. but I know of. I've seen yeah. footage. Yeah, he had a good Mongo push. He was probably did, he get, the... did he care? Or was it he didn't, No one cared. Nice. <laughs> he, was, he was a rad skater. <laughs> we didn't, no one cared. And that's, I, you know, I, I don't think, uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, as long as you're obviously having fun. Yeah, as long as you're rolling. You shouldn't, you shouldn't get a ticket. No one should. No one should indict you for pushing Mongo. Dude, I once got a ticket in California for not wearing a helmet at a skate park. Oh wow! That was just such a foreign concept to me because I'm from like <laughs> Boston area, and I've been to New York City and Boston and Providence. I like play in these cities with like people that are assholes because they're just frustrated. And I'm like almost getting in fights, and then I'm in California, and they're giving me tickets at the skate park. I was like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Cali. My buddy just walked away, though. There was, like, three of us, and the cops stopped us at the skate park. And she's like, yeah, you guys are getting tickets, whatever. And my buddy Mike was like, I can't afford a ticket, so I'm just going to walk away. And she's like, what? He's like, I'm just going to walk away. And then he's from Massachusetts, so he's, like, a bit of, like, a masshole. And uh, she just was, like, looking at me and my buddy and then looking at him, and she's like, two or one? Do I chase him or do I get the two? And then he just walked away, and she gave us tickets. (laughs) <laughs> but the balls on him, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ballsy for sure. All right, I'm gonna go to my list because I make a list for every guest, and as you can see, I wrote a bunch of stuff. So I want to get to some of it because you are easy to talk to. So it's like we can go, <laughs> go down rabbit holes all day long. <laughs> right, right on, man. Do you have any sibling? Oh no, you said your only child. Cross that off. <laughs> well, I have two. I have two. Uh, I have a stepbrother and a stepsister. Oh, nice, sick. Yeah. I I have um. Two of my sisters are like half, but I don't know. I just we grew up through the same stuff, so I just consider them, you know, like my sisters. Gotcha. Um, what about school? How'd you do in school? Uh, what? How'd you do in school? What's that? Oh, <laughs> like education? Like, did you go to class and like school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, man. Um, no, I, I actually I dropped out of uh, ninth grade. I left school early because I hated it. Yeah. Um, but I think also because of the um, the circumstances in my home life were pretty hard yeah. for me to uh, have like a normal uh, structure of life pertained around school and other things. So um, I left school when I was 
in the ninth grade and pursued a skateboard skateboarding career. Oh, you're you're so were you a freshman? Is that what how old you? I was a freshman. Yeah, that's sick though. You got the chance to go be a skateboarder for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I had a little bit of a run there. That's awesome. That's like skateboarding changed my life. So like I did, I finished high school just barely. Like I didn't give a shit. I wasn't doing anything. I just wanted to skateboard. And when I finished high school, it was like off to the races. I just moved to California. Yeah. yeah. You did you turn pro when you were sixteen? I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, when I was sixteen. They yeah. you, they gave you a pro board. Yeah. They gave me a pro board. Do you remember huh? how? Do you remember how it went down? <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, they gave me a pro board. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they gave me a pro board, but they gave me a pro board. I didn't feel like um, you deserved one, or was that a thing back then? Was it like... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't... I think at the time, I... I don't know if I feel like I deserved it. I think that it was always like... That's always like something that, you know, you... um. You, when you're that close to it, you're like, you kind of, you know, you want, you want it. So yeah. you push for you push for it. But I, I never, um, I mean, they, uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I deserved it or not. I probably didn't deserve it. Fuck it. Um, but, <laughs> but it's cool. That's you know, awesome. I think, Some people yeah. never get a pro board. So to get a pro board, holy shit. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, 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 I don't think I, I don't know. You know, there was other guys that weren't, weren't doing anything. And they have pro boards. Nice. I was doing I was doing something for a little while, you know, as far as going on tour and, and trying to shoot photos and produce, you know, you know, get coverage. So that was, you know, um, the first board though was the Marvin Martian board. Oh, that board's sick! I've seen yeah. it. I didn't even, I didn't put the two together, but I've seen that graphic before. But I, I'd say after, I think after I got comfortable, especially like when I got to skate with like some of the guys more like street guys and I was starting to be able to like make my own shape that's when it became cool oh know? that's sick you gotta you know, you pick your shape and like well I made I made the first board but I didn't really like understand the the con like, I didn't really understand how the process of making the shape works and so uh, I got to I got to um, make my shapes with Rodney, with mm. with Rodney Mullen, and that was um, really uh, kind of insightful as to how like board shapes are made and, and and looking at like taking into consideration like how your tail and nose and whether you want your rails to be flat or whether you want it to bow in. Yeah. And um, the the condom board <laughs> that that uh, <laughs> for for you know which is such a stupid graphic, but. That shape was actually like a very, very like that shape was very um revolutionary as far as like Yeah, it was it had a condom, it better be a good so, shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a safety deck. Uh, it was a safety deck. <laughs> I mean deck. Um, nice. But it uh yeah, it was it was a revolutionary shape. So it it um, I think yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see like Mike Carroll and other guys riding it. So I think that yeah. was where I start. I felt you know good about like, even though it was like a penis on the board, so <laughs> I still felt good about uh, 
There was four penises on the board. <laughs> Who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, had to, I had to count. I had to count. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but it, was, it was cool. And I was promoting safe sex, man. Come on. What's bad about that? You know? Nice. There's a lot of so, shit out, there's a lot of shit out there you got to watch out for. <laughs> that was right when, like, KRS-One's uh, song, The Jimmy Hat, Yes, out. yes. <laughs> so I... I uh, it was pretty. It, it all made sense back then. It was good timing. That's awesome. Man. All right, cross that off. It's kind of ruffling on your side. The um, I don't know if it's the speaker or if it's me. Oh, the a, audio. Yeah. It's probably my paperwork. Yeah, I think it's the paperwork. Sorry. No, uh, I don't mind. Just for for uh, floor recording sake. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> all right, I got a list. Um, you got an ebook. Did you write the ebook? Oh, uh, the ebook. I, I put it together. I I plagiarized some of it. Um, okay. as far as like the, uh, well, as far as like the links that are in it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's more. I don't want to say plagiarized. It's probably a, a harsh word, but it's like a. It's kind of like um, I compiled an ebook using existing, uh, information out there, and was just a very simple one for parents. And I think um, a lot of those people put that information out there, and they actually hope people share it. I think, right? So yeah, well, yeah. I mean, what I used was very like public info. I mean, it was stuff that's on YouTube already, or yeah, yeah. you know, there li- links, and there are things that are very like. There's nothing like super secretive in there. It's just basic, basic stuff. Did you check the ebook out? Um, I went to the site. I don't remember if I checked it. I was lurking the site last night. It was pretty sick. Well done, too. Okay. Really well, well done. It's still still a lot to be done, but yeah. I'm not sure if I got did. I don't know if I got it or not. But that's why I wanted to ask about it because it's pretty sick. Like that you per, you put that together for the parents. Like I think I like that you take like what you do. Like you go above and beyond. Just right. I try. Yeah. I try. You know, I I get I deal with a lot of parents and they always ask the same questions. Yeah. And I wanted to figure out a way to. Um, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel on the skateboarding. There is certain basic things that everyone needs to know, and that was the purpose I I of the ebook together. I think I might have looked at it. What are some of the things? Is like for parents to just give them a heads up. Uh, to, just basic stuff. Like parents want to know if skateboarding safe, so we explain. We give a little statistical, um, nice. like a stat, like a stats of like skateboarding compared to other sports, like how, basketball how are we and football. How are we looking? <laughs> sure. You know, it's we're looking favorite. pretty good, Anthony. We're looking, can I call you Tony? Tony Do mind? All day, all day. Okay, okay. We're looking good, Tony. We're looking nice. good. We're good. We're right there. We're right there. Right on the cusp. Nice. We're not bad. We're not good. You know, skateboarding be in the Olympics. I think it's going to take us over the top. Tell me, tell me I wrote down the Olympics. Doesn't matter if I did or not because we're still talking about it. <laughs> I know. Well, I know that was going to come up. So. Well, how do you feel now that we, now it's up? You know, uh, I have many friends of mine that I love and respect that will probably call me a kook for saying it's a good thing. When I say it's a good thing, I don't, I don't disregard. And look, I don't know a lot about it. I'm just assuming yeah. that I don't I, – I know enough of like the way – big organizations like the Olympics and how they view athletes and how it's, it is a big money-making machine. Um, there's a lot of corporate interests. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of involvement from uh, corporations that want, obviously, to use the Olympics to make money. But um, so, and there's other evils to it, I'm sure, that are have to do with like, you know, the way that uh, cities or local uh, places that are hosting the Olympics are affected, as far as like the the workers and the people and the people who are. Uh, working at the Olympics, be it, you know, how they're treated as far as like the human rights violations. So I, 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 I know all those. I'm not, I don't know them, but I understand. You're aware. that, And I'm aware of those aspects. But um, I like the spirit of competition in the sense of like that someone can prepare themselves for like for an Olympic tryout or an Olympic competition. I think that that's healthy for the skaters themselves because it ups the bar of like, and I get the reality of it. I get like, you know, there's that, there's, there's the, you know, that there's the reality of like the core element of skateboarding of the freedom of like just no rules. And I get that. And then having something to be confined where there's points and there's, scoring it well you know what street league does that too already yeah do tour does that too already x games does that too already people are so, already people are already making the, all that shit is already there all the olympics <laughs> is all the olympics is is just all those things all those things on steroids that's <laughs> no, all it is drug testing you can't smoke weed bro <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and you know and i think that that could be a good thing for a lot of people and you know what? If that's a concern, then maybe you shouldn't be in the Olympics anyways. You know what I mean? Fair maybe enough. that's not your cup of tea. Fair you know? enough. <laughs> you know, because that that's just not, you know, if that if you're not willing to sacrifice um, that whatever it is that you do in order that, to like. Yeah, if, that, if you don't get your kicks off of like um, training and the discipline that it would take to get to the Olympics – then it's not for you, for sure. Smoke weed, have yeah. fun. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds so weird to even talk about it. Because it's, we're, we're like, I, that's why, like, I don't know. It's, um, you know, if you're going to really, if you want to be ready for 2020, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. <laughs> and I tell all my guys that. And as a coach, as a trainer, look, I've trained about 1,200 kids in my academy. I know what it takes. <laughs> Tony, I can call you Tony, right? Tony, you're gonna Tony. have, to, you're gonna have to sacrifice the weed if you want to make it to uh. to 2020. <laughs> your kick flips, your kick flips got to get up. Your pop has got to be increased. Oh, man, we gotta get those. We gotta get that cardio. That stamina has to be up there. It's such tough competition, dude. Nigel and Pierrot and like. There's only so many people that can fit on the podium. That's the problem. You know what I mean? That's like, true. if I can bring true. the whole crew on the podium, let's fucking go for the Olympics. <laughs> I, uh, my wife just pulled up. I have to tell her that I'm on the... Uh, one go second. Ahead. I'll entertain. One second. Go ahead. One second. <laughs> Take your time. One minute. One minute. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit. Today's been awesome. What did I do today? Oh, Amber. My beagle. I was thinking about Amber again, my beagle. I'm not trying to bring it down. I'm not trying to bring the mood down. This has been a constant I hope I'm thing. Not, I hope I'm not a downer, man. I'm trying to. You're not at all, dude. You're actually, I haven't had, I've had some good laughs. 
laughs. You're like, I haven't had any good laughs yet. Uh, um, we were talking yeah. about limping. And then, so yeah, I agree, dude. I don't know. I always say skateboarding's for everyone. It's for everyone. That means it's for the jock, for the fucking emo kid, for the fucking cool guy, the fucking blah, 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 blah. It's everyone. Take it whichever way. Whack the beehive. People go wild. Like, we yeah, want to, no. like, people want to live and do what they love, you know? People want to live and do what they love and not have to be, like, I think the goal in America is for people to, like, monetize the things they enjoy doing. Like, if that's a possibility in this day and age and, um, in any which way, like, use the tools. Go wild. Hit the beehive. That's my philosophy about the whole thing, state of skateboarding right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I, um, I'm just writing a message to my wife. Um, no worries. She she wears the shorts in the house. You know, I don't know what y'all heard about Muslim women being oppressed or anything, but she's uh, she's basically she'll she beats me with a um, <laughs> with a with a cleaver if if I'm doing things that are not appropriate, you know, according to her desire. It's the complete opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite of what the media is telling you. The media is lying to you all. <laughs> oh um, man. Uh, Sorry, one sec. I'm just gonna cross this stuff off real quick. Cover that. Oh, dude, I know what I wanted to talk about. There was a documentary of like your travels, right? And it got to Oprah, or did it get on Oprah? Oh, you mean belief? Belief is that the name? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We, well, that Good was actually name. yeah. That was actually a um. That was a. You're ruffling, you're, you're ruffling again, papers. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My listeners tell me all the time. Trust me. They're like, dude, you, fucking, you guys like to snap a lot. You like the wrinkle papers. I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so, so yeah, what happened is they um, they actually reached out to me, and they um, they asked me, you know, if I'd be interested in uh, in doing the documentary. Sick. So Be- Belief was a documentary that was a seven-day a seven day uh, documentary that, that lasted seven days and had 33 episodes mm. and um, each episode uh, or each uh, each each uh, day of the seven was one hour of like four or five different episodes Gnarly. and um, and mine was the uh, pilgrimage to Mecca so they followed me to uh, the, which is called the Hajj or pilgrimage uh, to Mecca and uh, yeah so we uh, kind of went through the process of and to sh- go over there and, and show uh, show what it, what it's like to uh, to go through some of the rites and uh, practices was of the pilgrimage. So, was it? Had you been there before? That was my first time there. Whoa! And you're filming and everything. Yeah. Yeah. How was that as an experience? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very heavy. It was. I mean, it's hard to explain, but it was pretty. It was pretty intense. Yeah, no, I mean, just from an internal standpoint, I think the hardest thing for me was just trying to um, reconcile the sincerity, trying to be sincere while you're being filmed for something that's, you know, you're trying to be spiritual or you're not trying to be spiritual, but you're trying to like hold on to the benefit that you're getting from the thing. But then there's also a camera in your face. So it's a it's a battle with trying to remain with trying to keep your intention right. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, well, try well to... the good thing, the good thing is that like people can watch it, you know, like. If yeah, that's why it, I like, did. That's why I did it. Yeah. yeah. I did it because of the situation that we're in right now as, as Muslims and as, as, as like confused about, 
Islam as Americans are. And I don't say that with in a condescending way. I say that because the media has really kind of screwed us all over in, in painting a, a very, very warped narrative of what Islam and Muslims are. So yeah. my purpose for doing that was to, you know, for those who watch it, for the little people, little amount of people that watch it, that at least they, they get a chance to be exposed to that. Yeah, it's nice to share different um, cultures and uh, to go and experience them is insane. That was the best thing about skateboarding is the travel and how it takes you outside of like the bubble that you live in. That's like one of the major things that I'm really thankful that I went, I chose to be a skateboarder, you know? That's I hear you. Where's the craziest you. place you've been to? Or where's the best spot that you enjoyed? I just got back from Cape Town, South Africa. Whoa. That was That was the... I think by far the best place I've traveled to so far. How long is that flight? South Africa. Uh, that was about a, an 18-hour flight. Gnarly. Why were you out there? Was it, was it 18? Yeah, it was about 18, 20 hours. Uh, I was doing a tour uh, to raise money for, for orphans. Sick. That's a good so cause. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was for a nonprofit that um, we raised about $3 million in 3 million rand, which is like about – Maybe between two hundred, two or two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars yeah. American for the for the uh, for the orphan orphan cause. And so I went there and did some public speaking and some skateboard demos. Whoa, sick! Is there a lot of yeah. skating? What's skating like down there? Is there kids? Oh skating? yeah, it's tons of skating. Skateboarding is huge in, in South Africa. Wow, sick! So we have the money, the Maloof Money Cup every year in Kimberley, South Africa. Oh, you know what? I knew that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then there's um. Skatistan, they just opened up a uh, uh, a skateboarding school in Johannesburg, South Africa. So cool. And there's a bunch of skate parks and you know, there's a lot of – skateboarding is very alive and, and well there. What's it like? Um, did you go and see like the country and the lands and stuff or were you just in a city? Yeah, no. I went to uh, a, a very famous um, uh, location called uh, Table Mountain, which is like a – beautiful scenic spot there in South Africa. We, um, it's kind of overlooking. Um, a, a, it's kind of like Yosemite National Park where it's just like this big kind of rock formations and, and cliffs that just overhang, you know, hundreds of feet down. So it's really beautiful yeah. scenery. And um, we didn't do the safari thing, but we we saw, the, I mean, the beaches and the, I, I'm going to put together some footage. I have a lot of footage where we went, we went downhilling um, yes. downhilling on the uh, cliffs there to the tunnels and alongside like hundred foot cliffs, uh, a few hundred foot cliffs in there. There's huge cliffs and it's uh, right alongside the, um, you know, there's a, a road that goes right along the, uh, the coast there, uh, in Cape town. Really beautiful. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. They're actually a pretty famous, um, spot there where a lot of like long borders go to, oh, yeah, shoot, to shoot like their GoPro videos and stuff. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick. It was cool. Yeah. How long? Uh, hey. one, one second. I'm on an interview right now. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's okay. sounds... one, one second. What's that? Yep. I'm going to be like um, half hour. Oh, half hour? Yeah. What, what, what's up? Is, is, is Yas with you? Oh, shoot.
So I was just going to have you bring the milk and then just bring them home. Can you run it there? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Thank you. <laughs> That's alright. Okay. No, I, I did my um, my my younger boy is down the street with my mother-in-law, and um, I forgot to bring. I he was she was babysitting him today, so I forgot the cup. Uh, so he needs a sippy cup. Yeah. yeah. He's a fan, dude. I like a sippy cup yeah. too. Don't tell anyone. Don't you fucking tell anyone, Jordan. <laughs> I won't. I won't, man. The only thing is you're going to have to get braces after a while if you use it too much. Oh, really? Make Damn. sure two front teeth come out. Damn, actually, just um, just the other day I fell on my teeth. It was scary. Did you, um, break, you, you didn't break anything? I have in the past. I used to have a chipped tooth for years. I just ran it. I was like, didn't have nothing. Couldn't get it fixed. So just ran it. Manny style, Santiago. And, uh, cool. But I fell on them the other day skating, and I like oh, came up. I was so happy that they were all there, no chips, nothing. Happy. <laughs> wow, you got lucky. Yeah. You're right. shuffling again, Tony. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I have to cross off the list. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm like obligated to cross them off now. That's okay. Coolest place traveled. That was really good. Uh, you know what I really like? Just in the sake of us getting to know each other, I really like Bob Ross. You ever watch Bob Ross? Oh, yeah, the, dude, the painter. Yeah, hours and hours of this dude just painting and crushing it. I think he's yeah. just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He chose yeah. to put time into, like, painting and then choosing to sh teach people to paint, which is pretty epic. I don't know. Yeah. Trip out. yeah. Oh, so um, the documentary, was it on Oprah? It was on, Op it was on the OWN channel. It oh, was the on Oprah. Oprah channel, her network. Oprah Winfrey Network, yeah. You could watch it on there how does that come to be? Does it, does just someone have a connection? Uh, with with getting on the show. Yeah, how do you get on Oprah's channel? I wonder. <laughs> how do you get your show on there? It's pretty sick. <laughs> uh, I, they were they were yeah, It was a really weird process. So what happened is they were. I had done another documentary called Wayward Son, nice. which is kind of like a, a little personal journey of mine. Um, you know, after I became Muslim and and some of the challenges I had faced with the Muslim community. Uh, and long story short is that, um, one of the directors, uh, found me, uh, through a, through YouTube, um, and through, I think mutual, mutual acquaintances found me and then, um, recommended it to the producer, Eric, Eric Strauss. And then Eric Strauss put my word into a meeting of, with Oprah. And there was a few other people that were in, you know, were, um, were being, you know, scouted and, and, and considered for the part. And then Oprah, um, you know, decided nice. that Jordan would be good. So I said, okay, cool. Yes, Oprah. Yeah, thank was, you. Thank you. Yeah, you get a car. Like, you get a car. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, I was, it was pretty flattering to have Oprah. Um, yeah, she kills uh, it. Uh, what? Yeah, we're going to go a little bit later, okay? You can't bother daddy, okay? <laughs> dad life. Hashtag dad life. Hashtag dad life. The best, I had Carrie Getz on the show, and he was, like, walking around his yard, and he had his phone, and just, like, it was so funny. He, like, took me into his barn. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that's pretty wild, though, um, about Oprah. But congratulations. It's kind of cool association. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. So, I'm gonna. I've taken up a lot of your time, I know, and 
you're you're a demanding man because the kids need you, the lady. <laughs> but um, well, I have some time. I have about a good twenty minutes now, so okay, we, we don't have to time it. It's okay. I mean, we're 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 okay now. All right, for nice, a little nice, bit longer, nice. for about a half hour, forty five minutes. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask you, like, like um, I wanted to go back and kind of touch on like what about the religion about Muslim and. Is it the principles? Of, what is it about it that you like? I guess like you've kind of show you talked about a lot of it, but do you like? Do you consider yourself like that's your religion? You said you very much so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I very, I'm, I consider myself uh, very much a Muslim, and that is my belief, my belief system. Um, even though I, I grew up as a Jew, uh, but. Yeah, I don't know. That seems I, I, I don't. I, I don't know if your listeners will like. I'm sure you have pretty savvy listeners, so. <laughs> Thank I, you. I don't. You know. I don't know how how deep I can get with it, but, but uh, just since you opened up, Pandora's box. Sorry. We'll, sorry. We'll, no, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but uh, I want to know because wow, that's like two different. So the, yeah. So let me explain here. Now, that, so little little like. This is like something definitely your listeners probably have never even heard before. I, maybe they have, but I'm assuming many of them haven't. So there's two kinds of Jewish people in the world. Yes. There's the European Jews, which actually converted to Judaism. They're not truly Semitic people, meaning they don't come from Israel. Yeah. They come from the Caucasus Mountains in a place that um, is just Eastern Europe near Russia. Um, so... It's a place called Kazaria. You can look it up online. K-H-A-Z-I-A, Kazaria. And there was a king there that converted to Judaism. Okay? All of his subjects, all of his people converted as well. So Einstein, uh, Albert Einstein, you know, uh, all these, um, many of these Jewish doctors and lawyers and many of the white Anglo-European Jews that you see in the world, about 97% of them are all called Ashkenazi Jews, which are European Jews. Mm. And then there's a very small percentage called Sephardic Jews, which are true Jews from Israel. So Hold on, before you go forward, keep your thought, yeah. but let me see if I'm with you. So there's people that are, that are from the actual land, and then there's other people that converted to it. But they hold exactly. a similar belief structure. Yeah, well, they're, so exactly. Okay. So... The tricky thing is, is that you could be a Jew by race, but not by religion. Really? Do you understand what I mean? So yeah. not every Jew is a Jew by religion. So in other words, there's atheist Jews. Yes. There's Jews that don't believe in the religion of but Judaism, but they, but they, there's their bloodline, their blood is Jewish. So yes. I'm a European Jew by my bloodline, but my belief system that I subscribe to is Islam. Um, and there's many people like me in the world. There's many other Jews who are Jewish by blood, but their their belief is uh, Islamic. Yeah. Um, and I know a friend of mine who's a very close friend of mine. He's a he was a famous jazz musician. I don't know his. Um, his uh, his he doesn't let me know his normal name, but he played with like he played with Miles Davis and all these very famous jazz greats. 
Whoa, sick. Oh, he was big time. Not not like some. And I know like he's legit. You know, guy. He's in his seven. He's in his late sixties now. Crushing he's still. In, no, he doesn't play any jazz anymore. Oh. But he he's a he's an Islamic scholar who became Muslim. But he grew up as a Jew as well. Um, I know a friend of mine who's a, who was a rabbi who became a Muslim as well. So so there it's happening. You know, there's there's people out there that that are. Obviously, um, but I, I digressed a little bit. I'm just trying to paint a picture um, as to uh, to answer your question. Uh, my my reasons for becoming Muslim is very simple in that I personally wanted to have a direct relationship with my creator without any intermediary, without anyone in between. I didn't want to have to go through Jesus or Buddha, or some man, or some sun, or some snake, or some horse, or I didn't want any, I didn't want anything of the creation to interfere with my relationship with my creator. Yeah. I didn't want to worship the creation. I didn't want to pray to the creation. I wanted to pray to the creator of the creation. It's very simple. Yes. And so, the Abrahamic faith, the, the three religions that are all sister religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are all called monotheistic religions. And they're all called the religion of Abraham. So Abraham, or they're all, or they're all I'm sorry, they all consider Abraham as the father of monotheism. Yes. Monotheism meaning the belief in one God. Nice. Okay. Now Christianity never worked for me because... Um, because they believe in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And um, that never made sense to me because I, I didn't believe that a human being could be God or the Son of God. You know, I'm not knocking anyone to believe that. I'm just saying personally my own preference was I didn't feel comfortable with, with pray, pray, praying to Jesus or asking Jesus for things. Yeah. I wanted to pray to the creator of Jesus. Is it, but right, most, is it all right to feel godly? I wonder. <laughs> like sometimes you feel godly or like powerful, like. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh, I, I'll get to that. So just to finish Sorry. my thought is that no, no, it's all good. So I'll just finish my thought because I don't want to. I don't. Uh, I don't want to bore bore your listeners. Oh no no no! I'm entertained, so I'm happy. <laughs> so so the the, uh, the other thing is uh, in Judaism, you have to be born a Jew to be a Jew. You can't convert to Judaism in reality. Yeah. So even though those original people I mentioned, the Ashkenazis, um, that conversion to Judaism actually, in the Orthodox sense, is not acceptable. Mm. So, for example, if you walk into a synagogue and you say, hey, I'm a Christian uh, guy, will you recognize my conversion? Now, some secular synagogues may accept it, but in the Orthodox view that conversion is not acceptable because the mother's blood has to be Jewish blood in order for it to be, uh, in order for someone to be recognized as a Jew. So you have to be born into... They want to keep a bloodline. It's like a bloodline. Yeah. So to put it simple, the salvation for a Jew is to be born a Jew. The mm -hmm. salvation for a Christian... Uh, so to be... Sal salvation for a Jew is, is born in blood. In yep. the blood of a Jew, he's saved. Then, to as a Christian, the salvation is to 
you know, believed in, in the shedding of the blood of Jesus, you know, that Jesus died for. And the salvation for a Muslim is, is, is basically to, um, to, uh, we don't believe in, in like, in being born into blood or, or someone else dying for our sins. Um, we believe that salvation is, is through, uh, doing righteous actions and, and, and ho- being hopeful that God will forgive you. You know, yeah. we don't believe that anyone's guaranteed anything. You know, we just hope and we're hopeful that God will forgive us. I mean, it's the hope. In other words, it's the hope that, that God will, it's the hope and the balance between hope and fear that a person will find their salvation, you know. Yeah. So for, for a Muslim, it's not like we're, 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 ex- you know, despite what people believe or what the media says, um, you know, no one knows if they're going to be in heaven or not. We hope that we will be. So we're not, persons should not be so arrogant that they just believe that they're written a green, a green light and written to be forgiven and they're going to go to heaven. You know, yeah, I, I I'm not Jewish, but I I believe that as well. I'm very hopeful. Yeah. I believe yeah. I believe that our experience in our life is a gift, and that the more we can recognize that and you know correct the the mistakes that we make as we learn that our lives are gifts, and then like this isn't a great experience, and we're blessed. Like if you that's feel true. That, that's like what progress feels like when you can get in there and stay there. Like it's hard. It's hard, dude. <laughs> it's really fucking hard. But no, it is hard. It is hard, but, and it's a, it's a challenge. It's a, but it's nice to keep trying and figuring it out and learning and studying and growing and like having faith. And I'm psyched that you have a family. It's so cool, man. Someone that's trying hard should you know trying man trying man we'll make a good so, so I, I didn't really answer your question. I, I don't know if I answered your question, but in short, I learned a lot. Uh, I've, I became Muslim because this is this made the most sense to me, yeah. and again looking at looking at like the um, looking at like the life of Malcolm X and looking at other people that I've always kind of admired and looked up to and how their lives uh, were transformed and I mean specifically Malcolm alone, but even after I became Muslim and looking at uh, but it's just having that 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 relationship with, with my Creator that's what's important. The the challenge I have mostly I think. And I, and I say this because religion in general, I think as skateboarders, we are, we are very like kind of like it's, it's a very irritating and agitating subject for a lot of people. Yeah. They don't want to talk about religion. They don't want to talk about anything to do with it. And I, and I, and I understand that really well. And that, that's actually the reason why I became Muslim because all those elements of like preachiness were not there. Like if you didn't ask me the question, I wouldn't answer. I wouldn't just start preaching to you. Yeah. And I and I don't look at it as preaching. I'm just trying to educate and answer a question. But there is skateboarders out there that are very preachy, and I find it to be preaching like someone who's like preaching to me their faith sometimes becomes very annoying to me. So I just want to say that I understand. I understand that you know that that way that people view religion, but. Um, know that everyone believes in something. Everyone believes in something. Either they believe that if they don't believe in God, then they're believing in themselves or they're believing in... Everyone has some... Now, when you ask me, is it, can a person feel godly? Of course, a person can feel you know, godly in a sense that... Look, 
when you're on the street corner and there's a fine woman that's half naked nice. and you decide and you decide not to look at her and you control yourself and you don't look at her and you look down because out of respect for her and out of respect for yourself, you control yourself when you know you could look and we, we all screw up and we fought, we do look, Yeah. but I'm saying when we don't look and we look down, there's a certain spiritual power that happens in an individual to yeah. begin to become strong. Yeah. When someone offers you to go somewhere that you shouldn't go or to do something you shouldn't do or to look at something you shouldn't look at and then you control that and you you in in exchange for the long like like instead of just following your your desire and doing it and you're, acting upon that instinct right away you control self. Yeah, you control yourself and you curtail that desire and you withhold and you you hold yourself back. When you do that Regardless of what religion you are, you will get a spiritual power from that. Yeah. You will get a you will get a an integrity, a self worth, a self respect, and a discipline that you know. And so, um, I mean, that's essentially like what Islam gives to me. It gives me those all those practical things that I, I can do in order to to kind of harness the best the best parts of of my human humanness. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not mad at any of that. I do admire women sometimes, though. I'm not perfect. <laughs> but yeah. I have a lot of respect for women yeah. because yeah. I have my mother and my three sisters and, like, we've been through hell together. So I understand, like, I can, I yeah. s I've seen birth happen. Like, that's pretty insane to me. Like, I have a lot of empathy and respect. Um, but, yeah, I like it. I like, I like, I like positive things, man. It's awesome. It sounds like you got good things going on. And, uh, Thank you for coming on the show, Jordan. You're welcome, brother. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate you really opening it up, too, and, like, being able to have these conversations because not everyone is that comfortable. It's not easy conversations. <laughs> well, look, just... I, 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 could, I could sugarcoat things and I can put on a, I can put on a, um, a show or I could say things that everyone's going to be agreeable on. But uh, I just, you know, it, as what's in my heart, I'm just going to – speak it so yeah i hope i hope it's fine you find uh i hope your listeners find it <laughs> to be beneficial Definitely. and uh to be insightful and um if i said anything offensive or anything i i please uh, forgive me for that you definitely did not dude that was awesome